Thanks for tuning in to this special From the Stacks episode of How's Things, a podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library. Today is Batman Day 2021, and I'm joined by a special guest, Hillary, host of Previously on X-Men for the Radio Meanwhile Network. Hillary, welcome. It's me. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for talking Batman with me today. It's it's off my usual beat. But, it is. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm happy to be it here. It is. I appreciate you moonlighting. So we're reading a comic that does have some X-Men connections because we're reading Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis. Yes. He's done a lot of X-Men. You're a pretty big Bendis fan, as I recall. I am. You complain a lot about him being too uh, wordy, but I, I enjoy the words. Well, no, I enjoy the words too. I think, the, I think a pretty fair criticism of him would be that the words tend to be those same words regardless of the characters. So like... If it suits the issue for Hawkman to talk like Veronica Mars, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's fair. That's you know? fair. <laughs> and often that makes for a good time. But I think where it can get a little much, he did a long run on Avengers. And that was sort of like everybody was talking the same. And there was like 50 characters and it just got to be a little. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read that one. So. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. But Batman Universe has kind of an interesting history. So... DC started producing these Walmart exclusive stories and they would be in a a package Walmart exclusive. Yes. Yes. They would, they would put out these package comics called uh, Batman giant and it would have one original story and the rest would be repackages that kind of like went with it. So standalone issues from across the So DC (laughs) (laughs) went to Walmart corporate and was like, here, we've got a deal for you. I mean, I don't know the steps involved, but that's essentially okay. what happened. And this, as far as I know, and I, you know, when I've read about this before, this was not something that worked particularly well. I... People didn't really know what they were. You know, people weren't like going to that section of Walmart and like buying a random, you so, know. So like people weren't going to Walmart and like buying a Buffalo Bills t-shirt <laughs> and then like a cookbook yeah. by a Christian author. Sure. And then also a specialized Batman comic. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And if they were to do that, I doubt that they would know that they have like rock star talent writing original Batman stories that you can only get in a Batman comic book from Walmart that's 90% old material. This is blowing my mind. I know. This is what happened. I know. Well, it didn't last very long. 2018 to 2019, these went. So the stories, six issues of Batman Universe were spread across several issues of this Batman giant that was Walmart only that no one ever read. (laughs) And so in 2020, it was collected into its own trade. And people were just kind of like, what? (laughs) Where did this come from? What is this? Uh, And it's also on on DC uh, Universe Infinite, which is the online comics app that DC Comics has. And that's where I discovered it. I was looking specifically for just a a Batman story. Mm -hmm. I don't want to read like you know, issues 490 to like 495 in any given run. I just wanted a story that I could sit down and read mm-hmm. by itself. And so I found Batman Universe and here we are to talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad you did because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Now, have you read Bendis X-Men stuff? Because I know that's your... Yes. Okay. Yep. I've read, uh, he's, he did all new X-Men I've read. And, the Time uh, Traveling. He did House of M. Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually just read House of M. I never read it before. House of M is the is the big Marvel Universe wide story where they're like, what are we going to do with the Scarlet Witch? Because she's too powerful and crazy things keep happening. And the thing that most people know about it is Scarlet Witch says no more mutants. 
And yeah, then, so this is a big... It's a huge this deal. This is a big deal. It's like, a huge deal. Brian Michael Bendis is involved in some real... Oh, for sure. Like, and I world think... World-bending issues. You know, one of your recent appearances on House Things, we were talking about WandaVision, which does pull some mm-hmm. from the House of M yeah. storyline. So there's just some things in there. So yes, he did that. And he did um, All New X-Men, as you mentioned, which is the time travel one, mm-hmm. where the 60s team comes back and teams up with a modern team. Crazy premise. Works, it's, a, it's a pretty cool... Works pretty well. Yeah. So Bendis has been a Marvel guy pretty consistently and when it was coming time for him to write for dc it was a huge deal like comics would be yeah, like i was thinking this is coming like it was a huge deal yeah when i saw i started reading this before i saw who wrote it yeah and sort of was like wait a minute <laughs> when well, i was reading it and uh saw it was him and was like oh i thought he was kind of a marvel guy yeah well there's there was two pretty high level i don't want to say defections but two people that you really closely associate with marvel have done dc work in the last five ten years or so the other one being john romita jr who's an artist who's a legendary marvel artist mm-hmm. and when he draws for dc still to me it's a little like oh that's weird Huh. You know, like, it, it's, it's weird. But he did a lot of the New 52 Superman, mm-hmm. which I ended up really getting into towards the end there. So, uh, but anyway, those those are some two high-level Marvel people that, that are over here. So Bendis was doing Superman. That was the big deal. He was going to do several Superman titles. I honestly did not know that this Batman thing existed, that mm-hmm. he had written Batman. So let's jump in. Let's jump into the story a little bit. All right. First of all, I want to mention the art, which is by Nick Darrington and others. I think the art is really cool in this. It advances the yeah. story in really sort of profound ways. It it kind of changes the story as you'd know it, like if it was a more traditional style, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. It's very striking. The thing that I noticed about the art while I was reading was that I was actually interested in the action scenes. True. Yeah. That had never, I mean, usually with action scenes, I'm just like gloss, mm-hmm. look for a dialogue bubble. Yeah. But it's just like you could see exactly what was happening, mm-hmm. which a lot of the time you can't. And yeah. you could see the progression from like moment to moment. Mm-hmm. It was really well structured. Yeah. I like it because it sort of played to, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Silver Age comics. And this kind of played like if, if Silver Age comics had an actual good story. Like, mm. that's what this felt like to mm-hmm. me. And I think the art lent itself to that. The kind of characters that were used and how we transitioned through them, I thought, worked really well. But we start with Batman chasing the Riddler. And the, the Riddler is somehow involved in moving a Fabergé egg, which is a weird yeah. lens. Into well, it a... starts because he, the, the Riddler has broken into a museum. Yes, yes. And he stole the Fabergé right. egg. Right. Yeah. And so we get a lot of art from the perspective. We're only seeing Batman's hands and like what he's doing while we have a conversation between Batman and Alfred over the mm-hmm. comms. Just a great way to start it, I think. It's really, I don't think I've seen anything quite like that. Yeah. And the again, the dialogue there is, is really clever between the two of them. What you were saying about Brian Michael Bendis and how he writes the same for everybody mm. is a legit criticism. Mm-hmm. But I think in this run, you see a completely different type of dialogue for all of the different people true like i think this is this is a a exception to that criticism i also think that he kind of finds a way to make it funny without it being precious Mm -hmm. and i think that's hard to do when you're dealing with a character like batman yeah yeah it's really successfully maintains batman's like power mystique his his usual manner yeah while still having kind of this quippy thing going on Mm -hmm. even he even says cute quippy things here and there but it just feels like consistent with a batman yeah type 
yeah, it's almost like, did he mean that to be funny? Yeah. You know, like that's that's how you respond to it. Yeah, and it's like because of who he's talking to, mm-hmm. he talks in this particular way, that kind of thing. So something is clearly happening to the Riddler as we're catching up with him. Like the riddles aren't as clever and something is going on. So whatever's happening with this Fabergé egg has an element of menace and mystery to yeah, it. Yeah, everybody's happening. noticing that like the Riddler isn't up to his usual game. Yeah. There seems to be something. And what I like looking back at this first issue is I remember thinking when it first started that everything was really confusing and weird but like kind of looking forward to understanding mm. what was happening mm-hmm. like just like get into it just let it let it go and it'll it'll become clear and now I know what was going on and it does make perfect sense right. and it's yeah. just a fun thing to kind of look no, back. No it's true as each issue progresses again six issues we kind of have a different it almost becomes a little mini brave and the bold kind of thing where we have batman teaming up with a different mm-hmm. character each time first up we have the green arrow yep green arrow shows up and and kind of helps him with the riddler but i like why green arrow shows up because green arrow is pursuing the buyer of the faberge egg right and batman is pursuing the riddler who stole it so they're coming at it from different angles uh-huh. and then wind up together and it's a good team up with Batman and Green Arrow. Again, mm-hmm. good dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, good use of Green Arrow, I think. Yeah. You know, he feels very much Green Arrow, does trick arrows and things, you yep. know, pretty much just what you'd want there. And then we transition into Gorilla City, right, is the next step. Yeah. And that's that's a normal progression, right? He like that's This is like a scene cut. Yeah. And he has traveled to... He's traveled to Gorilla City. Okay. That yeah. question will make sense later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So we're in Gorilla City, and he's, I'm not sure, like, what it is that gets him there, but he's trying to track the Riddler, and something about one of the clues makes him think that the Riddler is in Gorilla City. He thinks the Riddler is being hidden there for some reason. So he goes to the king of Gorilla City. I don't believe we ever actually see Grodd. No, we never see Grodd. Okay. I thought he said that Grodd was in a different... Yes, a different Gorilla City. He did say that. So Batman finally kind of convinces the, the... Gorilla City royalty. The, the king of Gorilla City yes. who is mad at him for some previous interaction. Yes. And ba- Batman insists was Aquaman's fault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no context. That's all we get. That's all we get. Oh, but you know what? I think maybe we have the uh, we have a, a little bit of a Jonah Hex teaser prior to this. Before that? Before this, yes. Batman rolls into a small town. Oh, right. Because he realizes that the original owner of this or the reason it came the to the egg. museum was because it had once belonged to Jonah Hex and his granddaughter, Ginny Hex, donates it to this museum. Yes. Great scene here where Batman rolls into a small town. Such a good scene. And it's just people's reaction to it, her reaction to Batman. It just, it's a really good... It's so funny. It's a, it's there's a great so sequence. Much, there's so much in this, I think in the whole run, of, of people just reacting like people might react mm-hmm. Rather than in like the grandiose way that you would kind of yeah. see in most comics, but while still not undercutting yeah. the strength of the superhero characters. One thing that I don't understand, and we can we can hold off until we get to the end, but in the scene with Ginny Hex, she opens up a case and there's a picture of Jonah Hex, and then like a light emanates and she sees something, and I don't think that's ever resolved. It's not. I I sort of wonder if it's not actually if that's more of a style thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she's acting like she doesn't care about this past character. But she does. But she's just going, and, like, she has this special box okay. of her grandfather okay. kind of thing. All right. Anyway, back to Gorilla City. So they're, they're like, well, hey, man, the Riddler's not here. You're the only human who's here. And so they look around, and they just find the Riddler sitting on one of the He's thrones. He's in the throne room. Yeah. 
like the throne i don't know it sounded like it was a warehouse of thrones yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah that is that is kind of how it feels. and he's just hanging out in a throne and he spent this whole time riddler has spent this whole time sort of both kind of asking batman for help and mm-hmm. being like stop following me yeah mm-hmm. so he's just sort of having a weird breakdown yes so Batman's trying to get some information from him. We have the egg in play again, and somehow something triggers the egg that Batman is going through this. And we have this panel repeated multiple times where you see sort of like a grainy, almost like a photo negative. It's like, yeah, it's like the most of the panel is black, and then it has white, almost pencil lines. Of, of an outline of whatever's happening. Yeah, and it's like but a, it's a close-ups. few flashes mm-hmm. of weird close-ups. It's very cool. And Batman finds himself on a different planet. He's on Thanagar, surrounded by hawk, yeah. hawk people. Now, this this threw me for a second. Okay. Because I think it's the transition from being on, in one royal-seeming place, mm. he's surrounded by a bunch yes. of gorillas, and then in the next flash, he's in kind of a royal setting surrounded by Thanagarians. Yeah. And it made me feel like something had shifted in reality. Oh, okay. I didn't... I didn't think that, but I Which is I not see. what happened. No. It just threw me for a second. But what actually happened is just that he actually has traveled yes. only in space to Thanagar, yeah. not time, nothing. It mm-hmm. really seemed like there was more going on there, but mm-hmm. all he did was travel to Thanagar. Mm-hmm. So here he's there, and they don't know why he's in the center of their court. They don't trust him. And so they put him sort of in interrogation mode where he's sitting there, and they're asking him questions, and he's like, Bro, I, I know Hawkman. Can you just check with Hawkman? Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Why are you here? You know? <laughs> and they just sort of keep going at him. Here's something that that I like about this run as well that keeps coming up with this, like, going to different places mm-hmm. that he, he knows people. Mm-hmm. It's a much more relational Batman. True. Than you get kind of stereotypically. True. Because he's just like, we're like besties, man. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he can vouch for me. Like, it's it's not even like, listen, I know this guy. He's my colleague. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, we're we're very close. Yeah, he's like, I will text him right now. <laughs> Hold on. And it's like with all it's all true. of the different Justice League. And Green Lantern gets dropped here, too, where they were like, what about the Green Lantern of your sector? And he's like, oh, my gosh, yes. We're, <laughs> we're so close. So... <laughs> Eventually, they kind of drop the shields and everything, and they're like, okay, 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 no, we believe you. And they're trying to figure out what's happening, too. They try to help him along, and they don't really have much information to give him. Yeah, and then this big disaster happens on Thanagar. Right. And at that exact moment, something that, like, the black and white flashes yeah. happen again and, like, suck him back right, to right. Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we find ourselves with Hal Jordan. Yeah. And the Green Lanterns. Mm-hmm. So Hal and Green Lantern are there, and we're talking about Thanagar a little bit. And the transitions, I think, between each of these sequences is very good. You don't feel like, oh, okay, well, now when now it's the Green Lantern part. You know what right. I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. It's a real, it feels very organic. It's got a real nice momentum to it that you're just kind of, like, rolling into the next thing. And it's almost before you realize that you're there. Mm-hmm. So lots of good stuff with him and Green Lantern. They're still trying to piece together what's going on with this Fabergé egg. He tells him that it belonged to Jonah Hex, and Green Lantern's like, what? Like, mm-hmm. why, why? Why does Jonah Hex have a Fabergé egg? And long story short, they eventually find themselves in the 1800s, facing none other than Jonah Hex himself. Yeah. And so here's what I thought. I thought that we were going to flash back to the granddaughter, and she was going to have a picture of Batman and Jonah Hex. And oh. be like, what? You know? Yeah, that would be But that fun. didn't happen. I think it would have been cool. 
So Jonah Hex sees the masks and right away thinks they're bandits. Bandits. You know. So they take him off and, and we get a we get an outfit change for them. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jonah really has much context for what's going on. Like, I mean, he's aware of the egg, but I don't think yeah. he really, you I, know. Batman talks early in those scenes mm-hmm. about like, I don't know if you have the thing yet, but eventually you're going to have it and you'd pass it down to your granddaughter. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's more like... Because they're not exactly sure where they are in the timeline. Right. As this is going on, alternately, we see what happens to the Riddler after Gorilla City. Mm -hmm. And he's explaining the situation. You don't see who it is and you don't see who it is. And eventually it's revealed that it's Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage was the buyer. Who's in pursuit of this Fabergé egg and has been for a lifetime because of whatever. that's his thing. Yeah. And this was kind of a, I was like, oh, darn it. I feel like. Too often you go to the well of Vandal Savage when you're like, we need an all-powerful villain who can do stuff. It's like, oh, Vandal yeah. Savage. I, th- I think that I am tainted against Vandal Savage because of... <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow? Legends of Tomorrow. That is a, that is a fair and accurate assessment of how when you I, feel. When I, whenever I see him in the comics, I have that exact same reaction, but yeah. then it seems fine. Like, I yeah. read it and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. So I think it's possible that a lot of my bad feeling is just from that well, show. Well, that's, that's well-deserved and, and they earned that. But I, I guess, I mean, the concept of Vandal Savage isn't bad i mean there's a lot of stories you can tell using that and if you don't know vandal savage is essentially an immortal character who has that's gone sort through of it right like yes. that's the only thing yes he, he just doesn't die more or less yes and has amassed power over the uh, lifetimes um but he but i just think he's overused and i think he's particularly overused in story like this well listen i thought it was going to be rajal ghoul oh. so i was glad that it wasn't him yeah. okay <laughs> Speaking yeah of overused. i'll give you that i'll give you that I didn't, but I honestly didn't mind it. You know, I, my initial reaction was like, well, uh, but I didn't, I didn't mind it because it wasn't really a Vandal Savage story. He was just kind of a player in, in a yeah. greater story. So anyway, back to the Old West. Um, they're trying to figure out, they don't know how to get out of here. They don't know why they're yeah, trapped you, here. You have a very brief but interesting moment of, of Batman and Green Lantern being like, so we might just be stuck here forever yeah. and like... Yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. A fun sequence where Green Lantern uses his ring to fl- fly them across and Jonah Heck can't stop puking. Yep. You yep. know, also which funny. is uh, which is a funny little thing there. Um, so, again, we have a little bit of a disaster happen and Green Lantern is transported. Yeah. And he's like, it's his ring is doing something. He doesn't yeah. understand why it's yeah. doing it. And then he just vanishes. And that's all we know for a while. He's gone. Yep. And then not too long after that, a similar thing happens to Batman, but I can't remember exactly yeah, how. Yeah, he's in some sort of danger. Yeah. And then gets kind of like yoinked out of it. I think we have, yeah, we have a we have a Vandal Savage confrontation in the 1800s with Batman. But I think it's the Vandal Savage of that of time. Of the 1800s, yeah, I think so. So, because he doesn't realize what's going on yet. Yeah. And so that makes Batman wind up in Crime Alley, you know, where his parents were murdered. Right. Dressed as a cowboy with no power or anything. And finally he can reconnect to Alfred and he's like, you know, send help quickly. And now Vandal Savage has caught up with him in the timeline. And he's like, I've been looking for you since you disappeared 150 years ago. Mm -hmm. Because again, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage. What are you going to do? And so he shoots him, but it doesn't seem to stick, I guess. Well, he shoots him and he dies. He dies, I mean, it's a big big thing. And he like goes, Vandal Savage goes off and continues his... Mm -hmm quest or whatever 
And we have a whole thing with Batman being like, well, I guess I'm dying. Mm -hmm. really sucks that it's the same alley that my parents (laughs) died in. And then he he just dies. And then Alfred finally arrives and and sees him be regenerated. Yes. And it's fun because we've not seen Alfred this whole time, but they've had a ton of dialogue only Mm -hmm. through the comms. So Alfred is funny and fun. Um, and he shows up just in a regular butler's outfit with a little domino mask little on, mask. which is fun because that's what they used to do in the 60s series. Yeah, I felt like I'd seen that Yeah, before. when Alfred needed to like drive them somewhere, he'd wear a little mask. So I like that nod. And so Alfred brings him home and is very snarky. You know, he's like, you know who, who might be able to look at your body that's been reanimated? The Justice League. <laughs> and Batman's like, no, pass, I'm fine. Uh, and then here, we're, we're in a place in the story where... Um, there was a moment where people thought Batman was dead. So Nightwing has shown up in the Batcave. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, Batman's not missing. Batman's here. We're fine. And so they decide to have an old school team up. Yeah. Which I like, too, that, that Batman acknowledges. He's like, it'll be just like the old days. Yeah. yeah he's like, hey, the dynamic, dynamic duo. duo. <laughs> yeah. And Robin's like, only I'm wearing long pants. And Batman's like, all right, fine. Uh, next, we go to a submarine which i believe is vandal savage's submarine yeah, i think it's vandal savage's submarine yes he has a submarine so they get there we have a big if confrontation. i had endless time yeah do you think that i could end up with a submarine yes if i do. just the, all i need is t- endless time yeah. and ultimately i can find myself look i understand what you're saying and i'm saying the answer is yes <laughs> okay all right okay i appreciate your confidence in me so we're getting to the point now where we're just gonna you know this is gonna be the resolution to the story so if you don't want to know how this ends i guess maybe pause and go read the story and come back and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, and do read it because I think it's it is a really, really good, good time. Thumbs up for me. I thought this was great. Uh, Batman has been sort of slowly figuring things out and stuff with the way it worked with Green Lantern, the way it seems to be sort of a self-preservation thing or or it's preserving Batman. Yeah, the thing, Batman. there's like a pattern in the weird ways that things keep happening to him that he mm-hmm. has started to attribute to the thing inside the Fabergé egg. Yes, so Batman kind of takes a wild swing and in a confrontation with vandal savage starts saying the green lantern oath yeah and nightwing and vandal savage are like what i know <laughs> what are you doing and... it's vandal savage yeah yeah vandal savage is like are you having a stroke yeah <laughs> very funny but not out of place oh like it's so funny. funny and so the egg opens and a white ring comes out and batman is suddenly like armored up as a white lantern yeah and so, like, nobody knows what's going on, but Batman doesn't have a lot of control of it, and he starts to pretty quickly realize, like, wait, I'm trapped in this Yeah, thing. I can't, this is like, not this under is... my control, so I can't Night- get out. Nightwing goes to help him, and the suit reacts like it's a threat, and so mm-hmm. Batman's like, stay away, and suddenly the Green Lantern Corps comes. Like, all of them. Yeah, and he's like, whoa, 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 I can't control this, and if you attack me, you know. And they think that he's done some crime against yeah. the that Lantern he somehow Corps. corrupted like the power and is doing something with it. So Batman, and I think it's a kind of a, again a pres- preserving the host. Batman's consciousness is transported like into the ring, right? And he's sort of trapped there. And then he sees a guardian, which we learn is a a construct, a program, mm-hmm. kind of explaining what's happening. And he's trying to explain like, look, this programming is broken. Yeah, like, you need to shut down. This is a problem. And so it eventually does. And it, 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 what happens is it kind of rejects Batman as a host. Right. It's like, you are, you are the problem and mm-hmm. we don't want any of this. And it goes to Vandal Savage. And now this is bad. Then we have a hard cut, right? Yeah, this was the one transition that I didn't feel like worked. I agree. I felt like I missed a page. Yeah. 
Because what happens next is, like, Vandal Savage gets the ring and is like, finally, all this power, tra-la-la. And he grabs Batman and is like, you made this last too long, basically. And I'm going to make the world think that there's never been a Batman. Mm -hmm. And then I guess that just happens. Like, it seemed like there was more to that. But, like, the next thing you see... And it's not even like, this is a world without Batman. Or you you don't see, you know... Bruce Wayne living his life right. never having been Batman. Right. It's just, you're just thrown in. Yes. And sort of learn over time that I guess this is that world mm-hmm. that he was talking about without Batman. Yes. Yeah. And, and so he, Bruce is on a mission that he's trying to get. Is he still trying to get the he's ring? He's hired Deathstroke. Yeah. To get the Riddler. Right. Who does not seem to know who he is. Like, he's like, are you Bruce Wayne? What are you doing? Yeah. And so I guess that's that should be the first hint, but it was not clear. No, it wasn't. And, and it, honestly, until... So we find Vandal Savage eventually. Yeah, eventually he gets through the Riddler to find Vandal Savage. Yes. And then pretty, just like right away, Vandal Savage is like, well... I made the world not have Batman, and that mm-hmm. didn't work. So here you are. Well, and what? Made no, no, him no. Again. What happens is Vandal Savage is trapped in the ring just as Batman right, was. Right, right, right. And so when Batman touches him or whatever, Batman is also in the White Ring, and Vandal Savage is like, "Wait, are you real?" Because I think t- the time for Vandal Savage has been elongated while he's trapped in the ring. Okay. So I think he's been in there for a very long time and he sees Batman and is like, okay, well, maybe you're the key mm-hmm. to doing this. And so, yes, he restores him as Batman. Which to me felt like not long enough no. for there to be no Batman. I it, I guess I just felt like that was something that came up in an early draft and they should have just cut it. Yeah. But instead they tried to like cram it in. Or have it not be Batman who goes to the ring. Have there not be a Batman and have somebody else, somebody we've seen already go and Vandal Savage is like, we need I don't Batman. Know. I think the main thing is that we needed to settle into it being the world without Batman yeah. in a way that just didn't happen. Well, yeah, it's one of those do it or don't kind of situations. Exactly. And like, was... I would do like an issue yeah. without him yeah. or nothing. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm kind of glad to hear that you had the same reaction here because I fully thought maybe I just, yeah. I just skimmed a page no, that I, I shouldn't just... have or something, but yeah, it I is just kind just of a hard cut. So... The ring is, I mean, it kind of breaks and they're back where they are. They're back on the on the submarine with Nightwing and all right. that. And it's like all of this craziness that's happened was instantaneous. And they're kind of down for the count when the Green Lanterns take the ring. And we're pretty much, that's pretty that's much pretty the much conclusion. It. Yeah. Once Batman's back, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's ba- the story's back on track. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's as close to the end makes it feel pretty rushed but i think it i guess i feel like if they had just cut that one bit Mm -hmm. then it would have been fine yeah i agree like i don't think the ending itself is rushed Mm -hmm. but i think it's the fact that they had the weird snippet and then it's the ending yeah that made it feel rushed well i think they kind of painted themselves in the corner because they're they make a a place where vandal savage pretty much has to relinquish the power Mm -hmm. he has to relinquish it or lose it in some way and yeah I don't know. I, I that you're right. That is that is the place where I'd maybe like knock a star off the review. Yeah. But we have a, we have a pretty satisfying conclusion nonetheless. And the last panel is Batman swooping through, putting the empty Fabergé egg back mm-hmm. at the museum. Yeah, and you get kind of a just a fun like 
celebrating Batman kind of a moment mm-hmm. because like he puts the Fabergé egg back and there's some, you know, security yeah, guards some banter with there the security guards. and they're just like, isn't it cool that Batman exists? And then there's like a, just a big splash page yeah. of him with, I don't know, swinging from, I don't yeah, know, yeah, some yeah. sort of grandiose Batman pose. And it's just like Batman. Wee! And that's the end. This is, uh, this, I mean, like you said, I, th- I think this is really good. I think people definitely should read this one. They definitely, well, you telling me that nobody has heard of it is very distressing to me well, because I really, really like it. Gotta get out there. Yeah. You gotta get out there and find it. Uh, it's got pretty high ratings on Goodreads and other things. So I think like as people discover it, um, it's, it's getting pretty good, uh, reviews here. It's nice because again, it is not really connected to any sort of continuity. It's just like, if you are familiar with Batman at all. You could pick this up. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? If you're Definitely. like, okay, Batman, I know who Batman is. You could read this and you wouldn't have to be like, what comes next or what came before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very self-contained. I think the cleverness kind of widens the net of who would enjoy oh, yeah. it, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just a fun read. Well, listen, I don't usually like Batman okay. stories. Truth talk. Well, I'm so glad I had you on the Batman Day episode. Well, not, I like Batman fine. I just don't particularly enjoy okay. reading Batman stories. Yes. All right. And he feels a little overplayed to me. Oh but, sure. Uh, well, to use an X Men parallel, I mean he's the he's the Wolverine of the DC. Yes, he is you know. the Wolverine of DC. So as far as popularity. Yes. Um. So that I think that the the cleverness and stuff widened the net to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you have outside of this? Do you have a favorite Batman story that that you'd recommend? Yeah, I do. I really I really enjoyed Hush. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I don't think that it was it was a writing thing. Uh-huh. Like I think the thing that made me like it was the writing. Yeah. Specifically, mm-hmm. I don't think that it had. I don't think it was like a clever kind of a writing kind of thing, but it was just the story was was engrossing. I I agree. I think Hush is sort of written as it has a beginning, middle, end, and like they tried to use that character again afterwards, and they tried to sort of be like, no, it that. continues. I hate when they do that. And everything kind of. I don't know, it takes away from that. But amazing art in Hush, really good use of characters, a good use of the Batman Catwoman relationship, mm-hmm. which is, I don't often enjoy that. And yeah. I thought that was really good there. So, yeah, I think Hush is a really solid choice. Uh, and if you're looking for more Batman content, you can dive into the All the Book Show archives. We've got some great interviews with Batman authors like Steve Englehart, J.M. DeMatteis. Last year, I spoke to Shea Fontana, who just finished Batman Overdrive. Uh, great standalone Batman graphic novel for the younger crowd. So plenty of things over at SoundCloud.com slash all the books or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Hillary, if people want to listen to you talk about X-Men, where do they find you? Over on Previously on X-Men. That's my podcast that we talk about all the comics and the movies and everything about the X-Men. Most time. recent episode? Most recent episode was uh, we did the movie. Well, you and I yes. did the movie uh, Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. So we talked about that for That's a little right. bit. That was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. I feel like that was one of the things where having the discussion changed my perception of the movie. Really? As it often does. Interesting. So anyway. All right. Well, thanks again to my guest, Hillary Gunning. And we'll see you next time here on House Things. See ya. Happy Batman Day. Thank you.